Now we present direct from the islands a musical luau. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Enchanted Tiki Talk. This is, I guess I would say, episode 51.5. We're here to talk about um, New York Comic Con that uh, Keith and myself attended from October 9th through the 12th. Uh, We actually, the 12th we didn't go, but uh, the the Comic Con ran from the 9th to the 12th. And, uh, you know, we just wanted to talk about this for a little bit and give you the Disney perspective from it, um, because we are a Disney podcast. So we thought it would be a little bit fun to do this. So, um, you know, I just wanted to say that, you know, this is my the first time I've ever gone to a, a real Comic-Con, a real big uh, show like this. I've been to smaller ones, but nothing on this level. And I really, really had a lot of fun. It was very, very interesting to say the least. Um, the crowds were incredible as the days went on. It just massive amounts of crowds. You know, I have uh, on our YouTube channel, I'll post it in the show links. I put a, uh, I did a, a time-lapse video of uh, the entrance to Exhibition Hall on a couple different sides. And you can just see the amount of people that were walking by. And I did uh, four or three-minute clips just to see how many people came by. And there was a lot of people coming by during that time period. And uh, you know, it was it really was a lot of fun. It was fun meeting uh, other Disney fans or other Marvel fans, DC fans. You know, that really is a, a special group of people. You know, everybody has a, an extreme passion for what they love. You know, just like us Disney fans, we have a passion for it. You know, these people have their passion for anime, uh, DC, Marvel. Um, video games, you know, there's so many different things, My Little Pony, whatever whatever you're into, <laughs> you know, it's available at the Comic-Con, so, you know, just spend a little bit of time talking about it. Oh, yeah, I mean, like Sean said, I had been to some, like, smaller shows, like Wizard World and those um, kinds of shows, and do kind of get, like, a taste of the fandom, but when you walk through the Javits Center on a Saturday of Comic-Con, and oh my god, there are just like thousands and thousands of people just like dressed up and just, you know, exploring and talking, and it kind of got a little overwhelming, especially from like a movement standpoint, (laughs) because it was really hard uh, to move around, but it was just exciting, you know, to like talk to people in the uh, the like fans and the like artists especially artists are always fun to like stop and talk to and get their um, like background and stuff and we had actually met some you know like former uh, cast members at Disney who like, quit that to start their uh, like dream of being you know like an artist so so it, yeah it, it was amazingly exhausting is how um, like I've kind of been telling people <laughs> <laughs> you know the uh, for full disclosure, um, we attended this as a, as a press pass. So Keith and I, we didn't uh, pay to get in, but we did have press access, which really doesn't get you much of anything except get you in the door without having to pay for it. So, you know, just uh, just so everybody knows that right. you know, that that's clear. Um, but just to, to start it off was that uh, Thursday, we, you and I, we just got the, the lay of the land. We walked around Exhibition Hall, you know, got familiar with uh, our surroundings, went to the Marvel booth. We checked out, uh, you know, some of the other things going on there, some of the video game places, 
um, some of the artist stuff, some of the, the toy vendors, um, you know, everything that was there. It was just completely immense. The amount of stuff that was going on was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. You know, the, the toys that were for sale, the exclusive comics that were for sale, the exclusive toys that were for sale. Um, and, you know, everybody's trying to, everybody's really friendly and they're trying to get you introduced if you're not familiar with the product, familiar with the product. So, like, on Thursday we saw the, we spoke with um, uh, Todd McFarlane with McFarlane Toys. And that was really cool seeing some of the Walking Dead stuff. And I know I know that's not really Disney related, but, I mean, he makes some awesome toys. So, awesome. you know, it was fun seeing that. That guy is amazing. I mean, he he is super nice. First of all, I mean, yeah. you know, we we went up and talked to him, and he uh, signed a a couple of uh, original uh, comic books I had of his, and uh, he started out just um, like as an artist at Marvel, and uh, he worked on Spider Man, and then he um, created Spawn, and then he I thought about how that he could his artistry and touch um, in in toys, and I know that you know. Um, all of you that are um, like sports fans, you have to know his uh, McFarlane uh, action figure line. The detail that he goes into is no other toys can match that. It's amazing. No, yeah, it's, you know, it was, if I, if I would have had money, I would have blown so much stuff on oh, some yeah. of his toys there. Um, but also on Thursday, we, we checked out, uh, Marvel was giving things away all weekend. You know, right. from comics, <laughs> from comics to, uh, flyers to things that were coming out like the beast wars to um the whole marvel experience that was going to be coming out later in the year and that was pretty cool seeing the the announcement of the the marvel experience which in essence was i believe what seven domes that were going to be spread out over three acres so uh, this show was not going to appear in um stadiums or inside arenas they were going to show it at like state fairs and it's going to be like uh, what they told me is going to be interactive and um it's basically it's like a, a giant video game in a lot of ways yeah and it seems really interesting and and the best part about it is that the price point is going to be like between tickets are going to be between 22 and 35 dollars which that is a bargain and a half for, I think it's like a two-hour, two, three-hour long experience. And that just looks like a, fun, a lot of fun. They're going to use a lot of uh, high-definition high projections and lasers. Um, and, you know, they didn't go into much more detail than that. But of what we saw of it, I mean, just seeing the dome itself is something that I want to go and see. Are basically um, training to be an agent with S.H.I.E.L.D. is basically what this thing is. And, I mean, they didn't really give away a ton of secrets, but it's pretty much like, this will sound kind of weird, but it's almost like a superhero, like haunted house, basically. It's without the haunted part. There's the 3D and 4D and live action, and it puts you as a character in this whole experience, and especially when, you know, it's like, like 25 bucks. That's a no-brainer. I mean... If it's within, like, a three-state radius of me, I mean, you know, it's road trip time for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's something I definitely want to check out. Well, I was actually glad that we got to see them announce that and I had a better idea of what, you know, the whole Marvel experience was going to be. And and the funniest thing was that, like, when you were waiting to find out what the announcement was, everybody's coming up and going, what is that? What is that? What is that? The people at Marvel were like, "Uh, you're just going to have to wait five minutes, ten minutes (laughs) to to find out what it was going to be. So, uh, you know, it just it had a lot of people that were interested in it. So, you know, uh, kudos to Marvel and and Disney for putting out a product like that. So I look forward to seeing it. Yeah, 
pretty much a, like a theme park, like a mobile oh, a superhero theme park. I mean, right. Basically, what's going to Basically. Be. It'll be cool. Yeah, so for the rest of Thursday, we just uh, spent the the rest of the day walking around. We didn't attend any panels. We wanted to go to the to Tomorrowland and the Big Hero 6 panel, but we didn't make it in time. Um, and George Clooney showed up for the, the Tomorrowland panel, and, uh, you know, that would have been cool to see, but, you know, unfortunately we didn't make it in. But uh, other than that, you know, you got to see you. This is the you know this is the first time that you were in New York City, and oh, as yeah. we were leaving, you know we got to take you to well, I got to take you to, to <laughs> Times Square, and um, you know you got to see the Disney store from the outside, and you know uh, you could take it from there and, and just tell everybody what you thought of it. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, as most of you guys know, it's like I am uh, like from a small town in Ohio, so I've spent. Like some time in big cities, like in college and stuff, but I had never been to uh, Times Square in Manhattan and stuff. So, like, I wanted like a quick tour, and Sean was nice enough to take me through. And I mean, it's amazing, and you kind of like stand there and soak it all in. It's it's bright and it's loud, and there's like you know, like Spider Man's trying to get uh, like a picture so that you have to pay him money, and uh, and it's like the you know the cars, and they're just honking their horns for no reason, uh, <laughs> like every two seconds, but, but I mean, you know, it's an experience that, that like everyone should have at least once in their life. I think my, my ears are still kind of ringing from, <laughs> from the, just the constant roar, like of the Comic-Con as well as the city. So. Yeah. It's not a quiet place <laughs> at all. No, <laughs> but it was really cool though. Yeah. So uh, then on uh, Friday, we got there, I guess a little around 9.30, 10 o'clock or so, something along those lines. And um, we spent most of our time, you know, getting a couple of interviews. We went over to Artist Alley and we spoke to Jim Zub and got a follow-up interview with him to talk about the success of uh, Figment. And I'm going to play that for you now. First of all, congrats on the success of the Figment Con. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute thrill to work on yeah, we, lo- we loved having you on. We had a great audience reaction to the, uh, oh, good. the episode. And people just jumped out and got the comic. Yeah, the, the response to the book has been, honestly, it was a little bit intimidating. People are really, really love it. And they've been bringing it by. I've been signing a lot of copies this weekend already. And, yeah, a lot of love. A lot of love for the series. I mean, Philippe Andrade's artwork is, you know, just stellar. It's a, it's a really good, you know, marriage of the story and the art together. We're having a ball with it. So. Okay, now that the story has finally yeah. concluded, yeah. did you ever think it was going to be this successful? Uh, no, no. Honestly, it was like, I don't know how to say this. Is, you know, I, I was really excited to do the book, but in a lot of ways, the typical comic fandom is like, you know, there's superhero stuff and then there's the other stuff. You know, right. so to a lot of people, it was, oh, it's a kid's book. It's going to be, uh, you know, just sort of a, a, a little focused kind of a Disney project. And I was thrilled to jump on board with it, and I didn't have any sort of delusions of grandeur. I just wanted to tell a good story. And when Philippe's artwork started coming in, I think everyone, both the Disney Imagineers and the Marvel people, started to go, "Oh, this is, this is, you know, more than we were expecting, or this is, you know, grander." And we were all, we all really got a lot of momentum as it went along. And Bill, I got, I got to give a ton of credit to Bill Roseman. He's our editor at Marvel. And he is unbelievably energetic and unbelievably excited about everything he does. And he just, he put his all into it. And he built up the excitement within us and then sort of let us run one wild with it. So Yeah, and you guys got a second uh, pressing on everything. We did 
three printings of issue one, three printings of issue two, and then three, four, five have done second printings. Which is really unheard it's, of. It's, it's yeah. unbelievable in this business. It's, yeah, not, not, <laughs> it's hard to explain to people if they don't know comics. That is very, very odd. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So you have a favorite one of them? Um, it's hard to say, right? Um, I mean, the first issue is really precious to me because it feels like we really defied expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when the announcement was first made and the artwork was released, we got a lot of love from Disney fans, but there was also a lot of people like they were worried that we were going to toy with something very precious to them. And so I got a lot of these sort of tepid responses of, I'll try it, but I don't know about this young looking Dreamfinder and this kind of steampunky. I don't, you know, and so sort of defying their expectations and really delivering on something and turning them from being sort of neutral to like absolutely, you know, positive and that they were then starting to preach it to other people and tell people how great it was. And so that one means a lot to me because I feel like we hit the ground running right. Um, the fourth issue, when he becomes the Dreamfinder, you know, that one to me exemplifies what we were trying to do with the series and taking those core concepts from the journey into imagination, um, you know, the the attraction, that idea that you have creativity inside of you and that you can create something wonderful and that creativity is everywhere and sort of putting a button on it and sort of putting it all into one place, you know, Blair's at his absolute lowest and he's, you know, sort of lost hope and that figment is sort of the representation of pure imagination and creativity within him. I feel like that was where it all, you know, it all hits correctly. And so that that one is probably, you know, and then Philippe's artwork on that issue in the Nightmare Nation where they're in that sort of weird murky cloudy space and everything is out to get them. He beyond my expectations. You know, you write something and you hope that it delivers on what you imagine up here, and then he just took it to the next level. Yeah, because I noticed once the fourth one came out, there's yeah. a lot more talk about it. Yeah, there's a lot more people were yeah. interested. In, like, yeah, no, this is this is figment. Yeah, just starting to feel what I know. And, and right, I know right. Love, so. And the tough thing is, is that the original attraction doesn't have a plot, and it doesn't have an antagonist, and it doesn't have a timeline or a sequence. And so we're taking an abstraction of an idea and trying to make a story that delivers on that concept. And that's a tough thing to do. And I feel like, you know, we had great feedback from the Imagineers. We had really good feedback from Marvel. Like it was a real team effort from start to finish. Like I came up with a lot of the ideas, but it was about everyone sort of coming together and and understanding what we were going for and making sure that we were building on it every step of the way. So So following the success of Figment, are there any other plans with Disney or Marvel in the future for you? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I, no word of a lie, I had uh, lunch day with Bill Roseman. He's my editor at Marvel. He's been a champion. Like, it, a lot of people don't understand in the publishing business, a lot of people say, well, how do you break in and, you know, how does that work? A lot of times you're trying from the outside, you're building up your work or you're doing creator own work, trying to sort of get someone's attention. And then once you do, having someone on the inside who goes to bat for you and believes in your work makes a huge difference and Bill has been that way for me at Marvel where he stepped up and he said I I like what Jim Zub does and I think that he would be a good fit here and he found a project with Figment that he felt would exemplify my qualities and it's worked you know and now it's that much easier for him to go to you know the his bosses and sort of say look they did that we can try them in these areas or these spaces 
And so literally like two hours ago, that was the conversation we were right. having. Right. And I can't go into any more detail than that. That's but right. uh, 2015 could be really exciting. Good, so, great. Yeah. So uh, along with Skullkickers, you have Wayward, Wayward yep. is just a new series. Tell us right. a little bit about that. So it's a creator-owned series at Image. It just launched in August. And the the elevator pitch, I hate you know to use that Hollywood term, but the short version of it is it's almost like Buffy in Japan. So it's about teenagers fighting Japanese mythological monsters. So there's these things called yokai, which are like spirits and creatures of Japan. They're myths and they're sort of legends of old. And these teenagers uh, who are in Japan sort of getting themselves wrapped up in these traditional monsters brought to the modern times. So we take these old fables and myths of Japanese lore and we update them for modern times. And then sort of this new generation of kids trying to find their way you know, in the world while they're battling weird and exotic creatures of Japan. So it's like mythology is something really near and dear to me and I've traveled to Tokyo several times. Uh, my artist Steve Cummings, he lives in Yokohama and we've been wanting to do a project for quite some time and it all just fused together into this really cool project called Wayward. Awesome, so, great. Yeah. Thank you very much for your time. Absolute pleasure. I just wanted to uh, thank him for taking the time out and talk to us, and all of us, I'm sure, are uh, like really excited to see what other um, Disney projects that Jim gets to work on, um, because he's an, a great writer and uh, just a really nice guy, so we're excited for him and to see where this all goes with Disney. Yeah, he was really a nice guy. I really enjoyed talking to him and meeting him, so thanks, Jim, if you're listening. It was nice meeting you. And uh, next we got to um, go up to the Marvel Sky booth because they were recording live all weekend. And we got to speak to uh, Ryan uh, Penegos. He's the executive editorial director at Marvel Digital Media. And um, I'll play that, uh, I'll play that uh, interview for you guys now and you can take a listen. I'm here with uh, Ryan Penagos, executive editorial director for Marvel Digital. Hey, Ryan, thanks, uh, thanks for taking some time with us today. Happy to. Right, awesome. Um, there's some massive changes going on at Marvel.com right now. And can you tell us about what the updates are and what fans should expect from the new site? Well, I don't, we're not really redesigning the site so much. It's really continuing to evolve and, and make cooler things for people to experience. And um, there's some stuff we, ha we're at, we have in the works that we really can't talk about yet, but right. it's making the user experience better, uh, you know, integrating all the different lines of business that we have together in a better way. So, you know making it easier to find a digital comic that is relevant to a TV show that you like or uh, you know a video game that you can play and tying that to you know other relevant pieces of interest a lot of stuff like that for the for the website itself okay um, reports are that Marvel is ending its uh, run with Fantastic Four um, is that true those rumors true and what are your thoughts about that um, We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I, I haven't seen these questions, so I can't really talk about a lot of things that you may want to talk about. Right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I mean, it's just rumors that we've been hearing, so. I, especially when it comes to rumors. Uh, anything about rumors about comics, about movies, about right. TV, about video games, they're rumors. Right. I can't speak to those gotcha. yet. Okay. Uh, what do you see the future of comics going digitally? Um, it becomes increasingly more popular than printed ones. What's your thoughts on that? You know, I... For us, it's like they're very much hand in hand. Uh, I think one complements the other, and we have such, you know, fans. Some fans want digital, some fans want print, some fans want both, and that's why we offer that. Uh, one of our biggest things the last couple of years has been Marvel Unlimited, right. and that is our subscription service for, you know, the easiest description is like the Netflix for comics, right? right. Uh, Fifteen thousand plus books. We're adding, you know, twenty odd books every week. 
uh, everything that we just about everything that we publish goes into there in about six months. So it's it's like the greatest place to to go if you just want to read the books and you're not worried about keeping up to date every week. Uh, you come in on Marvel Unlimited. It's awesome. And like we're announcing uh, when is this going live? Probably next week. Next week. All right. So uh, we announced in New York Comic Con that we are uh, we're adding the season one graphic novels to Marvel Unlimited, which is a huge deal. I said, I said we need to add something bigger to uh, to the library, and so we have these great season one graphic novels, which you know basically look at the origins of characters. Okay. So we put Ant Man, Doctor Strange, and Hulk, maybe. I think in there. Uh, which are great for people who are excited about just these characters and these properties, want something that is a very easy entry point into into those brands. So uh, that's super important. And so we look at that, Marvel Limited is a really important piece of the, the comic book puzzle. Uh, that said, we're still doing tons of stuff with, with uh, print comics. That's never gonna stop. Right. Um, really important to us. Uh, and, and we also have the individual sales for, for digital books. And, you get the codes inside right. certain books, you know, if they're priced a certain point, make sure you get that code in there automatically. Do you notice that there's a, uh, a generational thing as opposed to uh, printed and digital? Like younger kids, are they going more for the digital end of things or is it still uh, a mix? You know, I'm not really sure. I haven't looked at the demos for, you know, who's doing what and, and really spacing it out. Uh, I think I think it's, it's a little bit wider than people probably expect. Right. I think it's less generational, more just like, I'm a fan, uh, I'm gonna read it. Whatever is the easiest for me, right. you know. And it's like, where you, you guys don't live in New York, do you? I New Jersey. New Jersey. Oh, New Jersey. All right. So I live in New York, and space is very limited. Right. So for me, even if I wasn't in the industry, uh, digital is the best way for me to do comics, just because I don't have the room anymore for books, especially with Marvel. I get a stack like this every right. week, and it just gets tough. So, like, I buy all my books digitally, okay. um, and it's par partially just because of space. Right. Yeah. Now, with the with the introduction of Lady Thor, is Marvel testing the waters? With Hold other... on. Her name is Thor. Sorry, not Lady Thor. Her name is Thor. <laughs> well, with some people that are not familiar with. Sure. With, it, with the so. female version of Thor. Right. The female version of Thor. Let me correct that. Uh, is Marvel testing the waters with other female-based uh, characters? I mean. I don't think it's us testing the waters. We've been doing a really, um, we, we've had that in our headspace for a long time. Like, one, women make up a huge part of, of the fan base for our comics, our movies, our video games, our apparel, everything that we do. To ignore that would be tantamount to, you know, business suicide. Um, and, you know, like, I look at women I know, my wife, uh, colleagues, friends, they want characters that they can more closely identify with. Right. Just like, you know, uh, everybody wants something that they, they can see themselves in, you know? And so that's, a, that's an important piece to us. And I don't think, it's not like we're going to say, okay, we need a female Wolverine, we need a female Captain America, we need a female this, that, the other thing. It's, one, it's the story that Jason wanted to tell, Jason Aaron, the writer, wanted to tell for four. This was his plan okay. and it just this is where it's going and when you see the character who has picked up the hammer who is worthy it, it sort of fits into everything that he's been doing um, and you know like Captain Marvel Ms. Marvel uh, Storm uh, Black Widow lots and lots of books 
that uh, have female leads, and that's just been just been because we have these great characters, we have the creators who want to tell these great stories, uh, and that's just where the the action is for them. Right. And so it makes it really easy. Uh, and having more of those books available to more people, it's great. I want to see more women here, you know, like getting excited about, you know, say Thor, and then they check out Avengers, then right. they check out Hawkeye, then they check out, you know, the new game we're doing. And, you know, the same thing. It's like you want a little kid who is really excited. They see Miles Morales as Spider-Man in the Ultimate Books. He's young, you know, he's he's diverse character. Uh, and they can they get really excited about that. They want to find out more about comics. It just helps the industry. Right. So uh, next question is: uh, Disney purchased uh, Marvel a few years ago. Are you much of a Disney fan, or are you more of a Disney fan now since then? Um, I think I've, I've become more of a Disney fan now. But I was always a Disney like I would go to Disney World uh, as a kid with my mom. Uh, but since we got purchased, because I get free access to the parks, right. and I get a discount on hotels, like the best thing ever, I've been at least once a year to one of the parks okay. every year since 2009, Okay, uh, which is great. So uh, every guest that we have come on the show, since you, you have been to Disney World, it's yeah. easy for us to ask, ask these five questions. Do you have a favorite snack while you're in Walt Disney World? Um, Disney World? Or, or Disneyland, Land? it doesn't, doesn't matter. Great question. I think churros when I go to Disneyland. Okay. Probably just a regular straight up churro from uh, California Adventure. Probably. Is Cal- trying to like picture it in my head. Anyway, I love the churros. The, chur- the churros are awesome. Yeah, yeah the churros are really, really good. good. Especially when they're fresh. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh. Your favorite attraction? Uh, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Your uh, favorite Disney movie? Um, probably. Up. I mean, I, I count the Pixar in there. Yeah, oh yeah, it's yeah. still Disney. I mean, it's uh, yeah. Well, it's the same thing with Marvel. Now you can throw that in the same universe. Well, so. uh, I have to exclude myself right, yeah. because <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy is probably my pick there. Right. Okay. What's the? I, I'm, I'm missing one. Park memory and one more. Oh, um, character. Character. Right. <laughs> Favorite uh, Disney character? Ooh. Um, Chernabog. Oh really? From uh, from Fantasia. Oh yeah. interesting. We yeah. never had that one before. No, he's uh, just love the look. I'm actually like thinking about a tattoo of him at some point. Oh really? How to how I'd want that to look and what that would be. That'd be pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty cool. Uh, you have a favorite Disney park memory? Um, so the a couple years ago, I found out that my um, that I had a well, I, I have known that I had a half brother and sister. Never met them found them online. We actually arranged to meet up because they live in Florida. So the first time I saw them in person was uh, at Walt Disney World. And I think that, to me, that was really cool. Like That's spending awesome a couple memory. days with them was, was great. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Ryan, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, I appreciate no it. You know, it was really neat talking to Ryan and especially, you know, getting the Marvel perspective, but then bringing it back to Disney World because he was a fan of Disney, the parks, you know, himself. And it was great hearing about his story, how he met his... Uh, um, his his uh, his family down there that he had never met before and that was just you know that's one of those things that makes Disney stand out it's a place you can have memories absolutely I mean you know that that part of our interview uh, was a pleasant uh, like surprise for sure I mean because none of us knew that walking in there we were just gonna we talk about the comic books a whole lot but it kind of like shifted over with Disney uh, which is always nice and uh, 
Yeah, yeah. He sure um, just was a nice guy, and it was cool to, you know, um, I'd sit down, and he's got had some awesome tattoos, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, later on in the day, you know, after, of course, you know, walking around Artist Alley again and walking around the Exhibition Hall, we went to see the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, panel. And that was pretty cool, but um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing was a lot of fun because, you know, uh, Clark Gregg showed up, and you know that was a blast. And we got to see the episode before the episode that just aired on Tuesday before everybody else got to see it. Well, yeah, and I mean, if you've seen it, we'll know like how the entire um, room of probably I would say two thousand people squeezed in that room, and just just the you know excitement and cheers and oohs and ahs as that whole uh, episode went on. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you have to watch that episode and catch up um, because it was really really good. But but yeah, it was um, definitely the best one of the season, I think, so far. For sure, and we couldn't uh, give out like any spoilers, of course. For one, you know, we would never do that. But two, uh, they they really had the uh, security uh, amped up in those panels. Yeah, they were walking around with the night vision goggles, making sure you're not recording anything. So yeah, they were serious about their security there, which is good. I mean, because I would hate if somebody, you know, tweeted out a poorly recorded, you know, a two minute segment like of an episode, and it kind of, you know, like it ruins it for everybody anyway. So uh, you know, during that, before they they had the whole thing on, and Clark Gray came out. Uh, Jeff Loeb, who is the president of Marvel TV, I think it's that's his title. Mm-hmm. He had walked out with a Hydra shirt, and uh, Clark Gray didn't like that. But uh, you know, he Jeff Loeb had uh, promised that he would show some exclusive things, and we got to see the we got to see the unveiling of Agent Carter. If some of you know, um, Agent Carter uh, was in um, Captain America movies. She was kind of like his like sidekick, uh, kind of. They um, gave her her own series, which uh, starts in January. From the, the snippet that we saw, I mean, it was only like a two or three minute the scene, um, but uh, Howard Stark is in it, who, if you know, um, is Tony Stark's father, who is Iron Man. He's in there so that you can kind of um, tell the um, like timeline of when uh, the show takes place. And it does, um, it looks really, really good. It's nice to see like female, you know, uh, like leads in these comic book shows because I think it brings the the younger um, girls into the fandom as well that has been extremely male dominated for forever, basically. Then on um, Saturday, our last day at the the convention, we pretty early got there at nine o'clock, about an hour, about nine fifteen, about forty five minutes before the the convention actually opened, and uh, Keith and I wanted to try to get a couple. I wanted to get an exclusive uh, from Luke Cray, and you wanted to try to get a couple autographs, but it didn't work <laughs> out for you. But then immediately afterwards, we went downstairs to get our wristbands for Daredevil because, well, I wanted to go see the Daredevil panel, and you were going to go see the uh, Star Wars Rebels yeah. panel. So uh, you waited online with me, and I got my wristband for, for Daredevil. You know, So that day, we spent a lot of time walking around and getting video of Disney cosplayers. And that was a, a blast. I really yeah, enjoyed doing that. And I'm going to, you know, once again, I'll put a link to the, the video in the show notes so you guys can check that out. It's about just under three minutes long. And it's pretty neat seeing the costumes that some of these people put together. And they really, some of them really get into their roles. So it was a lot of fun meeting these people and talking to these people. So I had a blast doing it. Like as all of us know, you know, like Disney fans are always like a nice, friendly people, and and uh, who just you know like to share their love of Disney. And it's only been kind of um, recently that 
Disney fans have been uh, popping up at these conventions and stuff. And I think it's really, it's good um, because it just gets people talking about Disney. And you have Ursula who uh, is talking to like, Batman. And it's all about just fans enjoying these characters and stuff. And we had blast just just walking around and talking to them and like networking our show, of course. We had to get some shameless plugs in there, but... Um, <laughs> But I mean, you know, there's just a wealth of really nice people who just want to share their experiences and fandom with you. Yeah, it's you know, you it's great that you have something in common with with so many people and, and share the same love that you do. And and that was it was fun, you know, spreading the the Disney love and introducing people to our podcast. So hopefully, some of those people are tuning in, and you know, some of them will say hi to us. And it, it'd, be, hi. <laughs> it'd be great to have some new listeners from the show. And um, also on Saturday, we went to the the Marvel Cup of Joe panel, and there, um, Joe Caseta he spoke about uh, he spoke about some of the the things coming up with Marvel, like the new uh, Star Wars, some new Star Wars comics come out in. Um, uh, early next year, I know there's a, a Princess Leia coming out, a Darth Vader coming out, and a uh, regular Star Wars coming out, and then there's a, uh, a Star Wars Kanan coming out, which who's the the last Padawan, and that's coming out in April 2015. So I'm really looking forward to that, where it bridges the gap between uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. So I'm really looking forward to checking that comic out. You know, some of the other things that they had they had talked about was um, the you know, the all the new Captain America that's coming out in November who is basically the, the Falcon is taking over. So that's another one I'm looking forward to seeing as well. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a ton of exciting things that are uh, popping out of Marvel, especially now with, um, with Star Wars, you know, I'm mixing in with Disney brand. And as much as I love the uh, like Dark Horse, the Star Wars comics, I think that Marvel is going to take the stories and the artistry of Star Wars to a whole like other level and I'm, I'm I'm extremely excited to see like where that goes aside from Star Wars uh, there's the new um, Axis series which is the Avengers and X-Men are teaming up for a series there's a new Thor as we heard it is just Thor <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that looks really really good too um, I bought the first issue there and I haven't had a chance to read it yet sorry but but uh, there's just a ton of exciting stuff that'll be coming out. It's just I'm sad that like I have to wait until April for that um, a Canaan book to start. So after that, we you and I pretty much uh, went our separate ways because you wanted to make sure that you got into the Star Wars Rebels uh, panel because right. you uh, a wristband wasn't required then. So I went out and I got some additional videos for some other cosplayers, and then I went online to wait for Daredevil. So my experience for Daredevil was the the entire cast of Daredevil was there, and they showed you a few previews of a few scenes from Daredevil, and. The, the same guy that was the cinematographer for the, the Fargo TV, TV series is the same photogra- cinematographer uh, for Fargo is the same one for, for Daredevil. And I can see some of the... I, I can definitely see some of the, the two uh, resemblances in the, in the two shows. You know, uh, uh, Daredevil is going to be more of a... It seems like it's going to have a little bit more of a darker tone to it. And it really looks interesting. The casting looks phenomenal. It seems to be um, pretty spot on. They're going to stick to the the comics for the most part, so I'm looking forward to that aspect of it. I believe they're going to stick to um, like more of like the, the Frank Miller era of the Daredevil, which is like one of the a lot of people consider that one to be one of the the best Daredevil eras 
So that's, you know, something I'm looking forward to. And Vincent D'Onofrio looked really, really good as the Kingpin. And, you know, he's such a great actor. And he was, you know, you can you can see, like, when the, when the cast got together, they, they got along really well. And he, uh, you know, a lot of them spoke about going back and reading the comics just so they could understand it. And, and Vincent D'Onofrio just seemed like he really wanted a feel for this character and, and got into it, you know, wholeheartedly. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing this on Netflix next year. I am too. I mean, um, anything that will uh, erase the Ben Affleck daredevil um, out of everybody's minds is a wonderful thing. Um, <laughs> because that movie, whew, man, it was bad. Anyhow, <laughs> um, yeah, um, everything that I have heard and read about this series, it sounds really, really cool. I was, you know, it's kind of sad that, you know, it's like I missed the push at the panel and the sneak peeks, but, but, uh, yeah, this, this series will be exciting for sure. Yeah, you know, one of the, the thing I'm most happy about is actually filmed on locations in New York City, so, you know, Daredevil, I mean, most of Marvel's new universe takes place in New York City anyway, but, uh, you know, at least Daredevil was filmed in New York City, so I'm really looking forward to seeing that, and, you know, I got to see one of the sneak, uh, one of the sneak preview scenes, and it was an awesome fight scene. That, you know, just in itself is going to, is going to help show just how, just what you're going to look forward to in the show. You know, they, you could tell that they took their time and they took their love and they're really not cutting corners with Netflix and Charlie Cox, who plays, you know, the daredevil, he, he, um, you know, he was talking and saying how there's not going to be any, any, no, no real cliffhangers. It's a 13 episode series, no real cliffhangers at the end of each episode. And because he said you're gonna, you should look at it more of like a 13 hour long movie, which is great because you know that's more like my type of TV anyway. It's serialized, you know, you know, one long story. I love that, and uh, you know, so that's basically Daredevil for me. And you got to see the Star Wars Rebels panel. Oh yeah, this was the one panel that I was waiting for the entire time. The show has been, you know, just really really good with the spark of. Most Rebellion, hour-long, like a series, a starter, but it basically just set up everything for you. And I was waiting, the uh, the suit squad <laughs> with their night scopes were walking around, so I was really excited then uh, <laughs> because I knew that they were going to um, show us some special stuff. But what was really uh, cool was Vanessa Marshall, um, who is the uh, voice of Hera in Star Wars Rebels, was there. I don't know if I have seen a bigger Star Wars fan than she is. I think that she actually started to be a, a voice actress, hoping at some point that she would be in something that is Star Wars, because her knowledge, like not only the, the films, but the books and the expanded uh, universe and just everything that is Star Wars was just inspiring, really. I really got, I really, I really wish I got to, to see that panel, but, um, you know, because being a big Star Wars fan as well, but one of the good things that I didn't get to see was because I haven't watched the the first couple episodes yet, so oh, it would have been ruined it. for me. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, it's on my list of things to watch. So, well, so everybody knows how Sean and Alan and I are big like fans of voice actors and stuff, and we try and bring as many of those like to you as possible because it is a, a craft and an art form that that. I think is overlooked. I think it is starting it to be like in uh, the uh, forefront, like where it should be. But uh, she talked about how 
prepare to play like Hera because she went out and stuff and worked out and trained and because she went and shot a firearm just like so that she would know the feeling of shooting be able to bring that emotion to the character and I think like that's above and beyond uh, that's amazing and then of course we got to see the entire um, episode that will be on October 27th I believe she said and uh, let me just tell you, wow, that episode is amazing. Um, you have to watch that episode. <laughs> I can't tell you what's in it as much as I want to <laughs> because it was so good. But, I mean, it, it has just the range of emotions in it. I mean, you like a welling up and you're, you know, like laughing and you scoot to the edge of your seat and you're just like staring at it. And it, it's just a really good episode. So, yeah, I look forward to uh, watching the series. Yeah, I mean, what was nice, too, is I know that, you know, lots of Star Wars fans were mad about the Clone Wars and how, like, Disney, you know, kind of came in and stopped, like, series and stuff. But, but Dave Filoni, who did that series, is also doing Star Wars Rebels. And it's like he had the uh, like cast of Rebels go back and watch some footage of the Clone Wars to just to kind of get the characters and their attitudes and like emotions and stuff. So the same stuff that the fans would love about like that series would also carry over to uh, like Star Wars Rebels. And I think that as a fan, appreciate when when like if I take the stuff that all of us loved and I pull that to the new projects that you're doing. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, before we wrap up, I just want to, you know, to tell everybody that, uh, you know, one of the other panels that we wanted to get into was the Once Upon a Time panel. And we had waited in line. I guess we got there about an hour and 15 minutes before the panel was uh, about an hour and 15 minutes before the panel was uh, to open up. And we were about 50 people short. So the one thing about Comic-Con that you have to realize that there's a lot of fans there that are probably interested in some of the same things you're interested in. And if there's something that you really want to go to, you better get there early. That's what's so like hard too is I mean, you know, there's just so much that you want to see, but you can't like see it all. I mean, you know, we had spent like weeks like planning out, you know, schedules and itineraries and like this and that and stuff and it just you can't like see it all. That's no. it, it, yeah, because there were some panels over. There's panels overlapping that I wanted to go to and I couldn't make it to. So I mean, you just have to pick the ones that you really want to go to, and um, you know, and stick with it. And, and you know, the other thing about New York Comic Con is that, you know, everybody talks about how big San Diego Comic Con is, but now New York Comic Con is now the number one Comic Con now. That's you right. Know, it, has, it has surpassed San Diego by over twenty thousand people. So hopefully, in the next few years, that New York's become, um, I don't want to say bigger in terms of attendance, but hopefully you get more Hollywood celebrities come out, and hopefully some more of the, the studios and such take a bigger presence, like where, where Marvel was like everywhere. They had a huge booth. They were everywhere. They were live broadcasting from there, and, you know, it really shows. You know, they had uh, they had a stage set up where they had um, cosplayers come on and, and show off their costumes, and but you go over down to DC, and that was really disappointing. You know, they had they were celebrating 75 years of Batman, and all they had were the Batman suits from the movies. Nothing from Batman, you know, back on TV with Adam West or anything else Batman. It was just those Batman suits, and that was and DC's was just highly disappointing. They weren't giving anything away. They didn't do anything real special over in their booth, so that was a disappointment. It was. I mean, because I know that we are, you know. 
a Disney podcast, so we were, you know, focused on the um, Disney properties, but... But, like, you know, each of us are fans of, you know, like Batman and Flash and, you know, like DC stuff, too. And we were both excited to go and see some stuff. And, like, there wasn't hardly anything. I mean, you know, they had um, two panels. Uh, one was, um, like, the 75th anniversary panel. And uh, one panel was to showcase the um, the Batman um, the 60s uh, TV series is, is coming out soon like on Blu-ray. And it's like, that was it. Um, yeah, and it was the you know merchandise wasn't really that special and impressive, and that I think the DC you know dropped the ball because there were way more fans who were dressed up as Marvel characters and Star Wars characters and Disney characters even than I saw for DC. So kudos to Disney and DC's got some catching up to do um, for East Coast for sure. So that's a wrap there for um, New York Comic Con. Hopefully we can get to go back next year and hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, let us know what you guys thought and that's a wrap. Wrap. Aloha. <laughs> see, I'll steal it from Alan this time. <laughs>